0: Hello and welcome to We Know We Ho. I am Tracy Passo, your host, and this is the podcast episode for the week of May 24th. Well, we are back after a bit of a break after 52 straight weeks of episodes of We Know We Ho and we are ready to go for season two. And returning for season two in my co-host spot is the fabulous Fendi Girl Hollywood, Maxine Tatlanhari. Hey buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Happy happy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Um, For those of you that don't know, I am Filipina. So, I'm kind of excited for this month, and just by way of a little bit of background, um, this month was started as recognizing of the first Japanese immigrants and also the contribution of Chinese workers on the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad. And then in the 1970s, it was expanded by Jimmy Carter to be a month-long celebration. So I think it's very relevant. Um, And then, of course, with everything that's going on with the double API hate crimes and whatnot, important to celebrate our heritage um, and also to strengthen our community. So happy double API month. Happy double API (laughs) month. Thank you. Love that. Oh, wow. Well,
0: as everybody knows. And it's no surprise. Things are opening and they're really opening and they're going to be very open after June 15th, which is so exciting after this past year that we have all gone through and we are also looking forward to it. And we have, we have new business openings to share, new things that are happening. And I'm, I, Maxine, I had to edit out a few things from the show notes because I didn't want to blow our wad on our first episode back
1: after a little bit
0: of a hiatus.
1: We'll see that in the show notes
0: then. <laughs> yeah, you'll see that. Because if we talk about everything today, then I'm like, well, what do we have for the next week? So I, I cut a few things out, because, but I'm so excited about everything that's up. Oh, but let's go ahead and start. So yesterday, I mean, summer is upon us. Yesterday, we enjoyed a lovely, lovely Sunday, fun day on the patio at the LaPierre Hotel. We were celebrating with some of our guests. Um, The one year anniversary, we had a nice reception for We Know We Have at the LaPierre Hotel. It was wonderful.
1: Yeah, I wanna really thank Nick and um, his team. They really took good care of us and James for opening up his art studio and to everybody who came out to celebrate a day in the sun with us and have a little glass of wine. And we did it open house style so people could just kind of float in and out, um, have a glass of wine and then get on with their Sunday because it was a busy day yesterday in the city.
0: It was a very busy day. And as we were sitting there and cheersing, we had a cheers and I think Maxine, you started it. We all just said happy pride and everyone said happy pride and the wine glasses were clinking and it was we're so ready for it. Right. And June is literally around the corner. (laughs)
1: It was just like how Pride is such a big celebration in the city. So um, yeah, that's we, we started toasting. <laughs> we
0: did. We started toasting Pride. And we were just steps away, literally, as Lady Gaga was in the house yesterday over on Robertson at the Abbey to help them celebrate their 30-year anniversary. And so that was really cool. And she was also there. Um, because each year, Maxine, you know, the City of West Hollywood celebrates the artist contributions of the LGBTQ community with the vibrant 40-day-long One City, One Pride Arts Festival. And the festival traditionally kicks off on Harvey Milk Day, which is Saturday, May 22nd, and it runs through June thirtieth, at the whole month of June, which marks the end of Pride month. But this year, the city decided to recognize Harvey Milk Day weekend with something extra, and the city of West Hollywood conferred two special proclamations officially declaring Sunday, May 23rd as Born This Way Day. Aha, Lady Gaga. That's to honor Lady Gaga and the Born This Way Foundation on the 10th anniversary of the iconic Born This Way album and officially declaring the day as the Abbey Day uh, on the occasion of celebrating the Abbey's 30th years of success. So Lady Gaga was in the house. There is a fabulous mural on Robertson born this way. If you want to lay down and take a picture, you can do that on the weekends when Robertson is closed. Gaga was in the house. It was really exciting. The abbey is full. Uh, We will put a link. I'll try and remember to put a link in the show notes. Um, It's all, Mayor Horvath gave her a key to the city. It was very, very, very exciting. So congratulations to the abbey. Congratulations to Lady Gaga. She is such an amazing Supporter of the LGBT community with everything she does and with her, bor- her Born This Way Foundation. So we are getting ready for Pride. And Maxine, you know, that makes me extremely happy because last year I was really missing it.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm i like remembering. I'm already back in 2019, uh, remembering the boas and the tiaras. So it's not often I get to wear my tiaras. It's like Pride and my birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, get them out, dust them off, dust off those rainbow boas and your tiaras. Uh, I can tell you that Sunday morning, I'm going to confess here, Mrs. TMI, I was dancing around my apartment and uh, getting my gay on to Madonna. (laughs) And I was just ready. So it was definitely, I was really ready for it. As we continue to have episodes through June, we're going to go ahead and highlight what is happening in Pride. Um, All the activations are starting to pop up. Um, So we're going to go week by week, but there are things happening in different areas of the city. And the first thing that's happening actually is a wonderful three-day in-person live concert called Out Loud happening downtown at the LA Coliseum. Yes, I said live in-person event. It's incredible. It's three days. And I can tell you that headlining on Sunday, May the 6th, is Adam Lambert going to be incredible lots of charitable tie-ins so take the metro grab a bike downtown plan a staycation at the ace of the wayfair and get down there and celebrate tickets are on sale we'll put a link in that that is june 4th 5th and 6th and lots of incredible artists um, and charitable tie-ins so get ready for that and maxine i'll be picking you up in the convertible so make sure that you have your tr ready to go um at 2 p.m on june 4th I'm ready. <laughs> Woo-hoo. All right. And summer is just around the corner and it is kicking off with Memorial Day weekend this weekend in a few short days. That takes us nicely into our food segment. So Friday, May 28th is National Burger Day and Irv's is doing a burger pop up at employees only from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Friday.
1: I love that so much. Tom does such a good job of creating community there on the east side. He does. And when Herb's Burgers went out, and this was pre-COVID,
0: it broke my heart because I loved that Mm -hmm. little team. I mean, first of all, you know they they moved from their original spot, which is now the Coffee Shack at Conservatory. And they moved a little bit east, uh, down by Crescent Heights by the Flower Shop. And then they just went out of business. And I just loved that team in there and the cute little designs on the plates. So if you're an Irv's Burger fan, check that out one day only, Friday, May 28th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m.
1: at Employees Only. Yes, I'm excited about that. And um, I think we had been talking a little bit about um, how excited we are for Soulmate to open. It is open. I think it's been about two weeks now. Um, so it's right there in the old Philip Lim spot at 631 Robertson. And the other day, Rachel and I were over at Chaconis um, doing a Monday night and then walked right around the corner over to Soulmate and had a drink. And then a couple of days later, I had dinner. But it's, it's fantastic. The space is beautiful. The design is indoor, outdoor, really sexy. Um, and the, the menu is helmed by Chef Rudy Lopez, Lopez who was formerly of Nomad DTLA and the H wood group. And it's a Spanish influence med, uh, menu with Mediterranean influences. So I've had the steak, I've had the striped bass, the risotto balls and we have on the drink menu, Tracy, they have something called, I believe it's called the best motherfucking vodka soda in WeHo. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put a beep in on that. Well, and is it? Did
0: you have it? Is
1: is it the best? Mf vodka so soda and we do weho. I, I I can't say that because you know I love vodka soda, but it is, and I would say probably top three.
0: Okay, well, I'm wondering what it makes it the best. I mean, is it the soda? Is it the vodka? Is it a little the the swish the judge? We'll have to get, you deep, know dive it's,
1: deep into that. It's I mean color wise, it has a it's a lavender, so just aesthetically, it's definitely. One of the best, <laughs> for oh, sure. Wow. Well,
0: I have yet to be there. I know you've been there a couple times, and I'm—I can't wait. I hear it is beautiful with a huge outdoor patio space and very, very sexy.
1: I hear uh, for it's a, maybe a good date location. It's a great date location, and you know, I—I I love our village. It's such a small town. So. well, speaking of Irv's Burgers being located formerly or originally um, at
0: the conservatory coffee shop conservatory is open again i'm excited about that one i know and they kind of snuck up on us all of a sudden i just saw and this was kind of towards the end of april that they were open again so that's really exciting it's definitely it's so indoor outdoor it's so beautiful in there so if you haven't been to conservatory go check it out if you have been they're open again make a reservation uh, and get in there and see what's new on the menu uh, for the summer and everybody knows that bars have reopened again. And Maxine, I can't be personally more thrilled that Surly Goat has reopened its doors. I was getting a little nervous there for a minute and it's such a fun little kind of dive bar. Sorry, Tony, for your listening, but it's dark in there. Um, but they have a patio and it's on a Santa Monica Boulevard, just down the block from employees only. And they have a really fantastic selection of beers on tap. They also have ha- hard alcohol. And way back early, early, early on our episodes last year in season one, I was going down there for a weekly fill up of growlers on my favorite beers and IPAs.
1: I have never been to the Surly Goat.
0: (laughs) We're going to have to go because I know that you like
1: beer. (laughs) I only like it poolside. (laughs) Well, and you like it with your tacos. We know that. I do. I do. Which brings us to the next spot, um, guisados. So, Tracy and I were at La Pierre when we were doing a little walkthrough of um, the spot before our reception and got a little hungry. And so, we thought, well, what's fast and easy? And then we remembered guisados. So, we headed over there. And Santa Monica Boulevard was packed. It was hopping. <laughs> and so um, we had quesadillas and they do them differently there. Uh, it's almost like a, what did we call it, Tracy? It was like a, it was like, I, I think this, the cheese is a halloumi cheese. I, yeah, I think so. It was just a different type of a quesadilla and, um, and had a couple of beers and sat outside and the people watching is definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. And that block has really pulled through, you know, high, high, we were sitting there and high tops was to the left of us and that was packed. And I talked to uh, somebody last week, actually Joe from Gallo, and we were talking about high tops and he had been, I said, is the food still good? And he said, yes. And I said, do they still have pork chops? on a stick. He said, yes. And he goes, I love their corn dogs. And I'm like, Oh my God, I remember the corn dogs. So we have got to go to high tops. (laughs) They're open. And then to our right was St. Felix. And that was packed. And Maxine, we love St. Felix. We have had so many happy hours there with that, um, that spicy cosmopolitan. And they always had a really fun happy hour menu. And then all of Lisa Vanderpump's places are open again, which is really exciting and adding so much energy to that block. Pump is open again and Tom Tom, and it's both sides of TomTom. Tom. So yeah, go check
1: out. I mean, get out, get out and have a drink and get your summer on. Yeah. And you know, right there with um, Bottega Louie in the mix. I mean, that block is just always hopping.
0: Maxine, I had not been to Cavatina in such a long time and definitely Way, way, way PC, pre-COVID, whatever we're calling it. And I was at had dinner, a lovely dinner at Cavatina uh, about two weeks ago now. And it was just so beautiful. I just love it. It's just so classic. It's, I mean, it, what can I say? I'm just tripping over my words. You're there and you feel like you're in a tropical paradise like in Hawaii. And there is just something special and magical about Cavatina there at the Sunset Marquee.
1: I'm excited. I love Cavatina, first of all. I like it for brunch also. Um, and the koi pond and everything, it definitely makes me feel like I'm in Hawaii whenever I'm there. Um, do you know if that bar is open yet? Well, the bar inside the restaurant
0: was. The bar inside the hotel was not, but it may be after June 15th.
1: Yeah, because I do love that bar inside the hotel as as well. It's just got such like a authentic rock and roll vibe. Um, and I like that for just a pop in.
0: Well. Yeah. I I have a feeling that we'll probably see that opening after June 15th when everything is, uh, you know, when they drop the restrictions. Nice. Yeah. And, oh, how
1: much fun did we have at Otis Thai? (laughs) There we went to the east side of town. um, And we saw on Instagram that Otis Thai was grilling huge prawns in a backyard barbecue, very Thai street food style. Um, So we headed over there and needed some surf and turf. But I have to say, Tracy, it was the turf for me. What she did with that steak and the sauce was, and the white rice for me, I, I was done. It was so good. I, I agree with you on
0: that. I, I'm, I'm 100%. And I don't know if that is a weekly thing, but I just love the feeling out there with the twinkly lights and that little red shack they set up. I mean, it really gave me the feel of being somewhere either like in Thailand or in Singapore. Um, and it was so fun. Um, and we love June and her team over there. So if you haven't been to Otis Thai, get over there. And if none of those things, either they, they're they not happening, they absolutely serve 100% Thai food all of the time. And Maxine, as we were leaving, you were mentioning to me they have some special Thai breakfast that we've got to get over there and try at some point.
1: Yeah, they're known for it. So um, I want to definitely try that
0: yeah and i saw a few tables around us enjoying noodles of all sorts so get on over there and boy, we've had a lot of beer lately haven't
1: we we had uh, some singha there
0: (laughs) our favorite thai
1: beer yeah and um, kind of in that street food vein too the pier has a new pop-up starting uh, tokyo street food on sundays and monday nights and that menu is looking fun and exciting That is happening, I believe, on the off nights
0: of Olivetta, right, Maxine? So Sunday, Monday, Olivetta is off. So they're filling that night with uh, that Tokyo street food concept. And then
1: Nick mentioned today they also have a new like light bites menu. Yeah. So, you know, you know, Nick and and Dog Pound had been doing their collaboration. And I think Nick is always on the quest to have healthy Um, options for his hotel guests and locals who drop in there. So Light Bites is going to fill that space. Um, And I do want to mention one other place that I think is a really cute date spot. And that's one of our faves, Tracy Amarone up on Sunset. Um, I popped in there Saturday night and Sandro was there doing what he does best with his handmade pastas and um, I had the risotto with the mushrooms and black truffles. Oh my gosh, and a glass of prosecco. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so yeah. glad
1: they made it too. I love mm-hmm. him, and I love that restaurant, and I love that food. Yeah, it was so good. It was like all the seafood, and then you know, if you have a risotto, I'm a happy girl. And the 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 backyard, the outdoor pop up is still there, and how he built out that other space for his neighbor Taki. So. Um, still there and very like neighborhood, but um, upscale, delicious food. So I, I love Amarone's for that sort of yeah. village feel. Uh, yeah. So if you, you haven't, again, if you haven't been up there, check them out.
0: And if you have been there and it's your, one of your favorites, get up there uh, and support them
1: as they are open again. And you know, Trace, before, I think that Mirwa was closed to the public, but we were, we were able to pop up there for a nightcap. Um, so I think it may be open to the public now. We'll, we'll confirm that. Um, but went up there for a nightcap and that was really fun. It was definitely hopping. I think that it is because I have a friend in
0: town from San Francisco this week and I was going to take her there and I went on open table and marijuana was available, but on a Wednesday night, I mean, granted it is Monday. Um, there was only a five thirty and a nine thirty. but yes, they are for sure open. So that's another must, must, must check out. Our friend Lynn Ta of All Day Baby and regarding her, she was a guest a couple of weeks ago. Um, She's has some great, amazing news for women restaurateurs. In partnership with DoorDash, regarding her will award $10,000 grants to 15. Yes, that's 15, 10,000 grants. You heard me correctly. to women-owned restaurants in Los Angeles County. And you can apply through June 2nd. So we'll put the link on that. And thank you, DoorDash, for providing those funds to help our women restaurateurs. It's so amazing. I love that. All right, we've got a little WeHo adjacent report too. Boy, we have really been all around town, haven't we, my friend?
1: Yeah, you know, well, I was so locked down during COVID, I'm making up for lost time. (laughs) (laughs) yes and so last year everyone was talking about cara hotel and cara restaurant and i finally made it over there it's definitely a very date worthy place um super romantic everything's sort of centered around this reflecting pool and uh, makes you feel like you're in europe when you're in la it's just and the food is really good and the drinks are good and you can um, also sit out on the couches and have a glass of champagne it's just really beautiful
0: Mm, i have yet to make it over there but um definitely on my list and my weho adjacent report and this will wrap up our food segment this week or actually take us right into our guest who is food themed this week uh i was at chi sorry it yeah, was wrong that I was at, and I got corrected by my uh, dinner companion. <laughs> it is Kispaka, but it's spelled C-H-I. And I was at Kispaka on Saturday night. That's on Melrose at Highland. It's part of the um, Moza group around the corner. Um, and I know that they are known for their meat and the, sh- the short ribs there blew my socks off. But if you are a vegetarian, um, I, Maxine, we had this cauliflower side dish. And these pea tendrils that had spring peas in them and I forget what else, some cheese. Oh my gosh, that restaurant. Then we had a strawberry rhubarb crisp. And to start, we had um, this beef drippings on like this delicious sourdough bread, which is was so good. And I can't remember if you've been there without with me, but that food is incredible. So I highly recommend that if you're looking for something outside of the, the village uh, for a very unique culinary experience. That leads us right into this week's guest. We are excited to feature a brand new business this week in our guest spotlight. Farm Cup Coffee just opened last week as a matter of fact with a ribbon cutting ceremony with our own Mayor Lindsay Horvath. Let me tell you just a little bit about the couple who started Farm Cup Coffee. In 2017, founders Tony and Emerson took their very first trip as a couple to the Mayan Riviera in Mexico. While they were there, they passed by a VW camper outfitted as a mobile coffee shop. They didn't pay too much attention to it at the time, but it planted the seed to what would become Farm Cup Coffee. Welcome to We Know We How, Emerson Haro of Farm Cup Coffee.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, thank you for joining us.
1: I mean, you just opened your business last week. <laughs> I have yes. to say, Emerson, you are ambitious because a lot of people, when they just open their business, you know, they don't, they can't, they don't have time to talk to us, which we totally understand. So, you being able to carve out this time, um, I just think speaks to your superpowers.
2: Thank you. I mean, I, I have to say that I was actually in between cleaning the toilets and getting everything ready <laughs> on my computer, so. I don't know how much of a superpower that is, but there you go. That's exactly what I was doing. I'm like, I'm the janitor and everything else. So here I am.
1: Well, entrepreneur. Well,
0: yeah, I can. And I can tell you from all the conversations we've had in the past year with, you know, staffing cuts that you are not the only business owner of a small, large or very big hotel business that has been doing all of those tasks. So um, yes, yeah, so we're going to send all of our listeners there to buy coffee and lots of stuff and support you. So um, I know you had kind of started with a, a coffee truck idea, but I, I want to start with, and I'm just very curious as I was reading your story, you know, what inspired you to do your own coffee versus offering other local coffee roasts, like, you know, Verve or something
2: <laughs> in, yeah.
0: in, in a truck uh, type coffee shop?
2: Well, I, I think it, it was kind of the idea that we had in our minds when we went to these beautiful places all around the world, that we wanted to connect the customer to where the coffee was growing, and I think overall in the food industry, when it comes down to it, you really do not know where do you get your food from. So when you go to the grocery shops, you really have no connection in to where that stuff is grown, manufactured, or you know made. And Tony and I, who is my partner and also the business owner. We were like, well, we really want to bridge that gap, that divide, and we are going to be the storytellers of this so that when people come up to our truck, we can tell them not only do we know how this was roasted and where it was from, but we visited those places. We know the people who've done it. We've seen the hands of the people who do it, and we've done it with them as well. So when we went about our our journey to the coffee, that's the number one thing. And honestly, when we were starting all of this, we never knew how hard or easy it was going to be. We just did That's That's what we what we were doing this whole time. We just did and we went about it and then we tried to do our best to kind of like gather the most knowledge that we could. And obviously traveling to the farms gave us so much more knowledge than we could have ever expected. And so when we when it came back to like offering it on our truck, the amount of people who ask us, well, where's this coffee from and who's roasting it? They are so surprised and taken aback by us saying, oh, this is the family, it's from this place, it's from this town, um, it's roasted this way. I have seen the farm myself, I go there and all these things and it just adds so much more value and also personality to your coffee. And that's why we wanted to do it.
0: I love that story and that personal connection what like tell us a little bit about the different kinds of coffee blends or roast? i i love to drink coffee but i'm not a connoisseur by any means but tell (laughs) us a little bit um about the different kinds of coffee that you have there
2: so basically what we do is we um we go to one farm per country and what we do we have a certain amount of guidelines that we have to follow for the company to actually buy the coffee um, one of them it has to be sustainable, um, it has to be a farm that does not cut down trees, it has to be a farm that uses organic processing and um, it has to be a small lot farm and by small lot farms it means that you only are producing up to a certain amount of kilograms of coffee, some of them produce 5000 kilos, um, some of them only produce 1000 kilos. So they're really small lots of coffee. And right now we are offering our, what we call like our Trinity coffee, which is our Peruvian coffee, our Mexican coffee and our Costa Rican coffee. Um, And those three farms really make up the bulk of what we produce uh, in the store. And um, those three are very different roasts and we have picked them over the years because they are great at what they do. So our Mexican coffee from Chiapas, um, we use it on espresso. When we do all of our drip coffees, we use our Costa Rica and Peruvian coffee because they have delicious uh, notes. And then when we do our cold brew, we use a Papua New Guinea coffee from a farmer in Australia. So all of these different coffees, we use them because they have been roasted differently, but they also have the best notes um, possible to accomplish the best tasting coffee that we can have.
1: And Emerson, you mentioned the countries. How many countries are you sourcing from um, right there for your for your
2: business? So right now we're sourcing from around six different countries um, altogether. Wow. Yeah. So we're right now we are importing from Mexico, Costa Rica, Peru, Haiti, um, Papua New Guinea, and then we're gonna start doing Colombia. And I believe we have another one, but uh, we're still trying to work out the kinks. Uh, if it happens, then it's going to be our return of the Hawaiian coffee from the United States, obviously. So we're working in a, on a bunch of new projects for everyone to enjoy.
0: So your first location was Century City, and then the expansion is into West Hollywood. Is that correct?
2: Yes. So basically what happened, and this is more of a little bit more of a storytelling time for us, it was... Um, we started off in, in the coffee truck and then we were driving all around LA in 2019 and it was truly the dream of these two guys who really just loved what they did. What, I mean, at that point, what we did, and we really wanted to change the idea of what comes out of a food truck. And so we were driving around LA in this super old 1960s truck from France and, you know, barely able to move certain times because we were so heavy and only been driving like a 15 miles per hour. And um, we were, like, really, really loving it. And obviously, COVID happened. And after COVID, we kind of needed to switch our focus because we were like, we can't be out on the streets because the health department doesn't allow us. And there's nobody out there. So we decided to uh, get our first brick-and-mortar location in Century City. And then um, when we have this great idea with one of our developers, whose name is Diego... Um, we were like, well, why don't we just put Sunny the truck itself into the building and reopen when it's ready, um, later on in time. And that time is now. So we kind of like did a, a couple movements here and there when, it, when COVID happened.
0: So sunny has been retired. Is that what you've been telling? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> yeah. Cute she little has, truck.
2: He has been sleeping for a little bit now. Um, she's <laughs> an older lady. She's from the sixties. So she didn't want to be driving around LA no more. And she was like, nope. I need to to sleep for a while
0: (laughs) oh my gosh well and how did you select West I mean I know that the I'm just assuming there just seems to be like a coffee shop on each block which is great because you know I think well we know that West Hollywood is the number one walkable city so it's kind of nice to have your own little coffee shop but the coffee industry in particular must be super competitive and I'm just curious like how did you select West Hollywood in particular um, as a location for your expansion
2: so there, there are two things, and then I'm going to give you the fun part first, and then we're going to talk about the business side, the m- more boring side. So the first one was um, we were in another podcast um, with this this gentleman named Diego, who is the also the developer of the building in which we're in, currently with Sunny. But he saw us while we were vending in Abbott Kinney um, yeah. back in the day in 2019. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, why don't you come to my podcast and we'll talk about how you guys got here and whatnot. And so we did. And we had a very cool relationship, the, the three of us. And so it was really nice to talk to him. And it was just another interview that we did. Um, and then when COVID hit, he had this building in West Hollywood. And then he put it out there. He's like, hey, guys, if you know of anyone who's interested in, um, in putting up a coffee shop in the front of this building, let me know. And at the time, like, we were just thinking, oh, sure, we'll pass it along to anyone who who we know. And it wasn't until COVID hit that we went up to Diego and we were like, well, I think it's time for us to think of a new way of utilizing Sunny so that we could, you know, really have her shine in her own place without her getting damaged or breaking down. Because at the end of the day, she was an older truck that needed to be k- taken care of for a while. So we decided that it was in our best interest for both parties to kind of come together and then sit in the front of this building. And apparently this building came very haphazardly for everybody. And we found it really cool and it was a really nice idea. So we went for it. And today is the result of it all. The, The cumulative effort of everybody and the opening of Sunny really symbolizes everyone's ideas and hearts and time poured together to making this place what it is now.
0: Well, I want to say welcome to West Hollywood, we're excited to have you you. and you guys are located at, um, I'm going to give our listeners the address here. It's 7748 Santa Monica Boulevard and if that doesn't mean anything to you, they are on what we call the east side of WeHo, which is (laughs) east of, I'm going to say Crescent Heights, Maxine, Um, I'm going to call that the east side. Um, So you guys, you guys are at uh, Santa Monica and like, uh, is it uh, Genesee, what's the cross street there?
2: Genesee. Yes. Yeah, Santa Monica and Genesee.
0: OK, so if you're on the east side looking and we don't have a lot of coffee shops actually over there on the east side. So that's a great location and a nice neighborhood.
2: It is. Yeah, we we honestly saw that after the fact we were really not even looking at our competition or anything. We were just like, this is going to be cool on our side. Uh, but after a while, we noticed that there were really not a lot of coffee shops around there. Where on the west side of Hollywood, you have one every block, if not two every block. And so we felt very fortunate over the fact that we could introduce ourselves to a uh, to a neighborhood that didn't have a coffee shop and more so that it was so unique and so different than everything that is already established on the west side.
1: Yeah. And so I have to back up because I love this deference that you speak about Sunny, and she has her own story and her own sensibility. So tell us a little bit about her. You mentioned France and um, you know, sixties and how did her name come about?
2: Oh my God. It, <laughs> get, <laughs> get ready for another story. And well,
1: yeah, it's all about personality on our show. That's what we want to talk about.
2: Awesome. So um, Tony and I were, we we're obviously together. We were a gay couple. So yeah, um, Back in the day when we were starting to think about what Farm Cup Coffee was going to look like, I decided to take him out for his birthday to Europe. So we're traveling through Europe. God, that sounds so pretentious. I'm so sorry to everybody and the listeners.
1: Also did talk about scrubbing the toilet. So for those that are about to hate him, <laughs> remember that he is also scrubbing
2: toilets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do remember that. I got um, you. <laughs> so we're traveling through Europe and um, we get to Scotland And we are just walking around and it's super cold. And then we walk to the top of the castle in Edinburgh. And at the top of the castle, there's the same exact truck as Sunny, but painted red and selling coffee. And in my head, it clicked. It just one of those things that it clicks in your head, in your heart. And also because I'm really stubborn, I thought, (laughs) that's it. That's what I want. And when I fixate myself on something, that's exactly what I'm going to obtain. And so... Our holiday ended, we come back to the United States and I start thinking about, well, I know what that truck looks like, but what's it called? What what am I looking for, really? Mm. And it was this whole thing of like, how do I bring something that has never been exported into the United States? And it went into this whole thing of like, no one knew how to help me because there was nothing written on the books of importing a truck that was originally manufactured after World War Two in France, um, and then importing into the United States. And so what a lot of people fail to see is that if you ever look into the front of Sunny, and you guys are more than welcome to when you're there, there's no seat belts, there's no AC, there's no radio, there's no... <laughs> there's Even the windshield wipers are not even automatic. You have to do it by hand. So okay. there's all these things that you wouldn't even think of a modern car, but this car doesn't have it. And it was just a learning experience for the both of us and so we traveled back again to the united kingdom after we found someone who restored these trucks and he finds just these very very old citroens that's the brand of them just abandoned in the middle of nowhere And he had found this truck in in the south of france and it used to be a milk truck back in the day and so he starts restoring the all of all of sunny and then here we are thinking, oh, everything is going to go great. He's going to do a great job. It's going to be super easy. And then, you know, the United States government comes and they're like, absolutely not. I don't know what the hell you're thinking, but you're not going to bring that into the United States. And so it was a fight between the EPA, between the DMV, between the federal government and um, the CHP, they were all yeah. saying no to us because they're like, This car is not even safe to drive in the United States, let alone it doesn't even pass the emissions board of California. And it's not even yeah. registrable because the VIN code, um, if you ever look at your car, I think the VIN code is like about 12, 16 digits, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Sunny only has five
1: because <laughs> she's so, old. Is that why?
2: She's so old. Yeah. And they're like, We can't register that. It cannot, it doesn't even compute. What are you doing?
1: And so we were like
2: okay but i was just relentless and i was like look i i I opened up the books and it was like going back to school and i was like i i see here that we can't import this vehicle it's pre-1965 which means that none of those things apply to it and we had to fight tooth and nail with everybody to allow us to register her and we finally were able to be allowed to bring her into the united states and as soon as i reached the port of the united states we never knew what was going to happen, but the government was like, well, now you owe us all this money because obviously we need to collect taxes and you need to register it and every, and everything that you can imagine that could possibly go wrong, went wrong in those first like week of it coming into here. And so once we clear all of that stuff and then we saw her for the very first time after I think like two weeks of not being able to see it because we were working still, um, we saw that she was this beautiful yellow color. And we just looked at each other and we're like, "Ah, oh, her name is Sunny." Like oh. that's it. She brings us sunshine. <laughs> and and then I tried to drive her and I broke it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's good that she now has her own place to be. Exactly. Emerson,
0: I want to ask you a question. And it's just around being an entrepreneur. So, you know, what advice, like what, what one or two things, and I'm sure you've learned a lot in having uh, a a food truck business, a coffee truck, and now brick and mortar, but what advice do you have to other folks out there that want to be entrepreneurs, they've got a passion project, they want to start, you know, a truck based business, whether it be food, beverage, or retail, or even if they're looking at wanting to start their own coffee brand.
2: I think the number one thing that I have to tell people is that before it even gets good, before it even starts looking like it's going to be a good business, no matter how many worksheets, excels, uh, business plans, projections, anything that that you have built, everything is going to go wrong. Everything, everything and anything will go wrong. And you can't lose yourself in the helplessness of not being able to get it right for the first months, because at the end of the day, you're doing it out of a passion and not out of necessity. And that key right there to overcoming those things, it's everything, everything. And you just need to know that as hard as it gets, you have to push through. You have to make sure that you're selling the best product that you believe in. And then after clearing those hurdles, it will start to get a little bit easier. And starting a food truck when the time was right pre COVID, it was awesome. It, yeah, there were a lot of problems and there were a lot of things that that could have gone wrong, but it was a good thing. Nowadays, it's another, it, it's a way different kind of ball game that I feel that a lot of people are not able to to grasp anymore. And so I always tell people, just whatever you do, be passionate about it. Um, nothing says more than someone that is passionate that makes it with love that wakes up every day and it's like this is what I like to do and when you taste it when you serve it when you see it um it all clicks inside of you and you're like this is why I come here to spend my heart and earn money and so I tell everyone just keep at it. it it will never get easy it will get easier as the days go by but it'll never be just as easy as you waking up and doing a couple button pushings and being done with it it will always be hard but you just have to push through it
0: I love that um, and being that flexibility, and I can tell your passion for your coffee and the sourcing and the farmers. And I am really excited to sample some of your coffee
2: over there. Oh, I would love for you guys to to try it. There's just so many things that that we do. And you know, another big part of it it was like um, Tony and I had this very big opportunity to bring back the stories, um, the culture, the warmth that we receive from these people and the recipes that we have on our specialty lattes and try to tell that story through through now your stomach you're tasting just everything we want to really project that idea that you are traveling with us to the farms and bringing back some of that travel experience and love from the people um, and drinking it so when you guys do come in I'm gonna go and introduce you to everything that we have and probably you will get what we call the coffee sweats which is when your body can no longer take any more coffee, but you still do it because it tastes good. And that's <laughs> that's at the point where I have to be like, there no more coffee.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> wait, it's the sweats, not the shakes.
2: <laughs> yeah, the shakes is normal after your first cup, but the sweats is when you're up there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little scared because I don't drink that much coffee. Um so I would probably I'm a, I would be a coffee lightweight.
2: <laughs> got it. Got it. Well it's okay. You'll build up your tolerance with us. I'll promise that. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm really struck, Emerson, by your passion, and I know we talked a little bit about um, giving back and charitable causes. Can you tell me a little bit about the charitable causes that you do support?
2: Yeah, of course. I think the very first one that we support that is always very important for me to tell, it's uh, the time that we went to Costa Rica. We went to Toucan Rescue Ranch. Um, it, it was a, it was touted as a tourist attraction, but I cannot even begin to explain the sadness and just a heartbreak that I felt walking through the animals. Even right now, I'm getting teary-eyed because I remember it so well. It was, it's so vivid. Um, I think they were letting us know that about maybe 40% of the total households in Costa Rica own a wildlife animal that is not supposed to be domesticated. Uh, so toucans, um, you know, sloths, things that should not be placed inside of a home are owned by people and they don't, they obviously do not know how to take care of these animals. And um, one of the, one of the enclosures had two monkeys, which were um, just your wild monkeys. And the person had, who owned them, had cut their fingers because they were too loud. So they couldn't grasp onto branches or anything uh, to be re- be released back into the wild. So when I tell you that I, that I was, so dumbfounded that people were able to do these to to animals. Um, It's an understatement. I mean, I cried. I got mad. I got sad. It it was just unbelievable. And so we made it part of our priority that if we're going to be buying coffee, we better know that these farms are not either destroying natural habitats, that they're not um, having any animals in their own houses, that they're not destroying the, the houses of any animals in that case. And so we really, really wanted to contribute to that. So every month we send money back to our otter. We adopted symbolically an otter down there whose name is Emma. And every now and then we, we adopt a sloth to be re- released into the wild. So that's one of our bigger ones and also our contribution to the Amazon Rainforest Conservation Fund that will always be part of our core. And also anytime that any of the farms have any ideas of how we can help them financially, we do. So we try to reduce any type of um, like people with no food in those areas that they're not even having to be related to the farm itself. But we do like to have conservational efforts with people as well down there and educational efforts as well, such as in Peru. Those things are some things that we do out of our brand. And it's not so much a charitable contribution, but rather a small payment on our side for living on this earth and then sharing the bountiful things that this earth gives us. We don't see it as money out. We see it as an investment towards everybody.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds it sounds like it's really part of your business model. And even the way you, that you source the coffee, you're just making sure that they're doing some things that ethically align with your values. Um, so I feel like you've really baked that into your business model.
2: Absolutely. And it's part of being a responsible owner. I think now everyone has to do their part When it comes to the environment, there's just so much of it that it's being destroyed either by monocropping or literally anything that we grow. It's just being so bad for our environment that we really need to rethink how we source, how we eat, how we discard and go from there and then really be able to see that your small local businesses are doing their part. We really are. And we really need to push for that change and idea and change in way of thinking so that we can see. A better result
0: I love that that is an integral pillar to your business it's just that's amazing so um, thank you for being such an incredible human and for being so conscious about that and um, integrating that into your business it's it's a, a wonderful model and I know sometimes it's difficult to follow because margins can be so low, um, you know, in businesses and paying rent in West Hollywood. So yeah, I I really want to thank you and commend you for, for that.
2: We really appreciate it. I mean, we we're very quiet about those sides of our of our business because we don't see it as a marketing scheme. We see it as just our responsibility to our customers and to the world at large. But we really appreciate it, and thank you so much for noticing that. And also, when you guys go into West Hollywood, we really are pushing for um, no dairy milk so that we don't obviously produce milk. Um, we're also pushing for everything to be biodegradable, uh, no single use plastics. So everything that we're doing, it really correlates with who we are and who we want the people to look at and see that a small business is able to do it. Yes, margins are smaller, but at the end of the day, it's a responsibility that we all have to undertake.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, Emerson, you know, we haven't asked you or um, you haven't shared yet the hours that you're open. And then also, if you have any delicious things to go with your as a parent to your coffee, what, what else are you offering over there?
2: going to be opening every day from 7 in the morning till 3 pm um sunny is going to be able to serve you up some really cool stuff and we are going to have our pastries with our farm shop uh bakery and then we're also going to have some prepared items that are going to be made by us um, especially our our really good overnight oats that tony makes and then we're going to be having some yogurt parfaits and steamed granola uh, granola bowls and then some other really quick things We really want it to be a healthy spot. So we're introducing a lot of like um, organic fruits and things that are going to keep you full, but also that are going to be delicious.
0: Mm, Sounds wonderful. Uh, Well, we are near the end of our conversation and we always love to end by asking our guests, where are some of your favorite places to eat, shop and
2: play in West Hollywood? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so i personally really like uh zinc in west hollywood it's always a good place to go to um i feel that it's it's just one of those places that you just want to sit and have a good time at and when it comes to anything else there's just a bound just so many places to go in west hollywood and uh being a obviously a gay man the the district of all the nightclubs it's obviously the place to go when I was younger, no more, no more for me. I'm too old for that now, but it was a fun time to go out and, and have fun. Um, but I'm really excited also about Bottega Louis opening and we visited already and it's one of the best, I, I would say one of the greatest places to be at in West Hollywood at this point.
1: We happen to agree with that one. <laughs> 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 oh and actually i've got one more question i'm gonna ask it was a little
0: out of order but i just i was just thinking as you were answering that last question um is it part of your strategy to get farm cup coffee you know in some of these places like um oh i don't know like if i was having coffee
2: at like uh i don't know the Le pierre hotel
0: um you know or a restaurant is that part
1: of your strategy
2: we do want it to be um we do want to have farm cup coffee in certain places but We also want to be careful in how we expand our coffee to other places. We want it to be taken care of, and we really love what we do. And so I think at one point or another, we will see Farm Cup Coffee start to be stocked at other places, but places that align with who we are. So I think um, we're just going to wait until we're able to supply the best product to everyone. And then once that product is supplied, we want to have everyone serve the best version of Farm Cup Coffee in their own way.
0: Wonderful. I love that. And then I am also anticipating after you um, have a chance to have your business open for more than a week, <laughs> that we may be seeing farm cup coffee on the shelves of like Erwan or Gilson's or something. We I know that's a whole nother strategy, but that's got. I, I'm hoping that that's part of your strategy.
2: Yes, that that was part of our of our thinking. We always wanted to go into an airwan um, or even mothers or lessons, places like that that really understand the culture behind being sustainable. So we were thinking about it, hopefully, when we knock at their door, they open and they tell us that it's it's a good idea.
1: And we love that. and I always I always have this question whenever I hear about a couple who started a business together because I know that can't always be easy, but it sounds nope. like you and your partner have really dialed it in. So um, what advice would you give couples that, you know, straight, gay, hetero, throuples that are considering (laughs) um, starting a business venture together? Because it isn't easy.
2: It is not easy. And um, the one thing is that you can't get offended uh, by being co-workers, because at the end of the day, um, you guys are going to be co-workers. And when you get home, you're going to be partners and you cannot be offended or mad about what they say or how to react. We're very different people when we're at work, when rather than when we are at home or with our loved ones. And so for all the couples out there thinking about starting your own business, it is possible. But just remember that the fights will happen. You just need to know that it's work and work cannot get into your relationship. You still love each other and you started this for a reason. And that reason, be it because you wanted to have a good business, a new house or more money, whatever it is, you did it with love and with passion. And so let it be Let it be that that leads you. And when you come to work, you're basically co-workers and you have to be honest and you have to be upfront. And sometimes you have to put your foot down. Even if at home, you kind of ask the other person 50 times what they want to eat and they don't give you an answer. You kind of have to like be like, great, this is our relationship. But when you get to work, they better give you an answer for stuff. <laughs> So leave,
1: leave the fights at the office. Um, mm-hmm. if you have any there and then, um, who your, your personalities can be different at home versus at work. That's what I'm. Mean. Yes. Got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I think that's a great place for us
0: to end our conversation today. Emerson, thank you so much for joining us. And I do mean, thank you because you've, just you're not even a week old in your new
2: location <laughs> no thank you guys so much for for having me and i cannot wait to have you guys in the shop um whenever i'm, you guys really, want to I'm, stop all, I'm
1: already obsessed with sunny so i'm definitely coming in
2: <laughs> well you guys can get your your sunny mugs that we're gonna gift you guys and then you guys Aww. can come in and then try our stuff i really hope that you guys like it though
0: oh I'm i sure love, love it. it well um hopefully we can get down and see you this week we'd love to meet you in person and try some. i am a huge coffee fan so Maxine can take a sip of mine but i will get the shakes or whatever no what do you call it the sweats the coffee sweats <laughs> the
2: coffee sweats yeah
1: you <laughs> <laughs> can you can just make mine at like light. light.
2: <laughs> there you go we'll do it or a matcha we our mantras really are mantras i love
1: i'm a huge matcha fan so yeah there but I want know. to hear all the stories in person because um, I love these little farm stories. I'm all about the stories. So I love that.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to tell them.
0: Fantastic. Well, we will put a link in our show notes uh, so our listeners can find you. And again, if you don't see that link, they are located at 7748 Santa Monica Boulevard. Emerson, thank you again. And we will see you soon.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You, Thanks.
1: Too. you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Tracy! I love that. Um, I always love hearing about a business, but you can really hear, you know, their passion and these little stories. And I can see the farms, you know, with the stories that he was telling us. Um, and it's no secret that I'm obsessed with Sunny already. So I'm I'm really excited. I think I think these guys for jumping on, especially their only a week out. Um, and I wish them the best of luck and we'll report back once we have had a chance to go in and have a cup of coffee.
0: Yeah. And you know, it just feels like the perfect business Maxine to be located in West Hollywood, West Hollywood, just all the things, community and the story and the small business. So I'm, I'm really excited. So Welcome to West Hollywood Farm Cup Coffee. We are thrilled that you are here and I'm sure everyone will be running down to take a picture of Sunny, (laughs) (laughs) self-included.
1: Totally. I already already want to do a shoot and I'm thinking, what can I pull from Rent the Runway in order to make this pop against a yellow truck? (gasps) Oh my
0: gosh, I can't wait to see your your wardrobe and your outfit.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh well, we have a couple notes in health and wellness seems like everybody's talking about yoga these days including jamie adler yesterday um, at our little event at the lapeer and so we're just gonna do a quick rundown on yoga as we're trying to like get in shape for our summer season here in los angeles so jamie adler's pick is yoga at artha um, we also got a note from the folks at Le Parc and they are doing a mindful Monday series and it's rooftop yoga at the Le Parc and the Le Parc has had a big redo over the last year that was a great time for the Le Parc and a new beverage ma- manager food and beverage ma- manager that we are going to learn a lot about but check out that yoga rooftop yoga Mondays. Um, and then, let's see, oh, I saw some people headed into Equinox. I had no idea that it was open, or maybe I did, or I wasn't sure if the doors were open um, as I was headed down to Cavatina last week. Um, so Equinox is
1: open again, Maxine? Yeah, and um, I actually took myself into a Pilates class. I took an intro um, class over at Spear Pilates on Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, beautiful new studio. They also do rooftop. But I wasn't on the roof. Um, there were only three people in the class. But I'm still not used to doing workouts with the masks. I still don't love it. Mm. So I'll probably wait until that is, you know, no longer a requirement um, mm-hmm. for people that are vaccinated, which I am, um, and or what, however that opens up. And but it was it was really good to get back on a reformer. I can't mm.
0: lie. That's great. Yeah. You know, the the June 15th opening, I didn't make a note of what's happening with the gyms, but we will be sure to let you know because um, we lost quite a few uh, fitness businesses over the last year due to COVID, sadly. So as things are opening up, including the indoor cycling uh, and other businesses, we will be sure to let you know what is happening around town. A couple notes, in Neighborhood, I was excited to see this pop up in my Instagram and get an email from them. Melrose Rooftop Theater is back just in time for the summer. I love that. I think their first movie out of the gate is June 13th, and it's Pulp Fiction. So check that out. They are opening, uh, Rooftop, it is open air. Uh, It's always such a fun experience up there. I love it. It's a movie under the stars and big comfy chairs. So um, I'm really excited
1: that they are back. And for those of you that don't know, that's on the rooftop of EPLP. Ah, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Good (laughs)
0: note there. Um, And then we've got two RIPs, sadly. Um, One is the Albright Women's Club that was on Melrose Place. Um, very sad that they will not be continuing um, due to the COVID crisis. They're in that location, and then uh, also with coffee, Maxine. I don't know if you know uh, Mikey from Toasted and Roasted. Yeah, um, yeah, they're yeah. they didn't make it through this last year. So um, sad to see them go, but. As they step out, um, please support another very small family-run or, you know, uh, family-run business with Farm Cup Coffee.
1: Yeah, Toasted and Roasted, I believe, was a husband and wife team, weren't they?
0: Yep. Yep, they sure were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the wrap of this week's episode. Thank you all for listening out there. We really appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram We know Weho. Check out our daily stories curated by our marvelous Lauren Goldstein with her Lola's list out there. Uh, and please, uh, if you love the podcast, subscribe to us where you listen and rate us and leave a comment. It really does matter and we really appreciate your support and you'll be sure not to miss it, miss it, you'll be sure not to miss any episodes of We know We Ho.
1: Yeah. So thanks again. Um, It's our one year. We are now into season two and from West Hollywood. That's a wrap. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.